Hi, welcome to another special edition of the Coffee Break, Doug here. And um, wow, you know, the more I watch TV, the more that I consume the news that is out there, the more that I realize that um, this is really bad on Israel. The more pictures that they that they show what has happened, how the people came across the border and just absolutely destroyed houses and the and what they did to the people is just unfathomable. And I keep going back to God's Word, and one of the areas that I was going to was trying to understand more and more about prophecy, about what's going to happen toward the end days. And there's so much in God's Word that we can look to, but in understanding who's behind this, you know, Hamas, who's behind Hamas, well, that's Iran, and... Um, Maybe even to an extent, to some degree, we may see some connection between Iran and Russia. And we, America, have a couple of fronts in front of us, sending a full battle group, as I mentioned yesterday, into the region for Israel. And then we're trying to um, somehow, some way, support uh, the battle that uh, is between Ukraine and Russia and supporting Ukraine on that side, but doing this in a kind of strange way. So... It is what it is, but me going back and taking a look at Scripture, there's a few things that I want to take a look at. Uh, first, we were reading yesterday out of Ezekiel chapter 37. I want to jump into chapter 38 here, and chapter 38 is definitely a prophetic uh, piece of Scripture that you need to look at. Am I saying that it is? is it the prophetic piece of Scripture that's happening right now? No, I'm not saying that, but I just want you to think about prophecy and this is a scripture that is yet to come because we cannot, and from everywhere I have looked, I cannot find where this prophecy has been fulfilled already. So it's the prophecy against Gog, chapter 38 of Ezekiel, starting with verse 1, says the following, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, let your face toward Gog, of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and prophesy against him, and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, chief priest of Meshech and Tubal, and I will turn you about, and put hooks in your jaws, and I will bring you out, and all your army, horses and horsemen, and all them clothed in full armor, a great host, all of them with buckler and shield, wielding swords, Persia, Cush, and Put are with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all the hordes, Beth Togmah from the uttermost parts of the north with all his hordes. Many peoples are with you. Be ready and keep ready, you and all of your hosts and that are assembled about you, and, and be a guard for them. After many days you will be mustered. In the latter years you will go against the land that is restored from war, the land whose people were gathered from many peoples upon the mountain of Israel, which had been a continual waste. Its people were brought out from the peoples and now dwell securely, all of them. You will advance coming on like a storm. You will be like a cloud covering the land, you and all your hordes and many peoples with you. Thus says the Lord God on that day, Thoughts will come into your mind, and you will devise an evil scheme and say, I will go up against the land of unwalled villages. I will fall upon the quiet people who dwell there securely. 
all of them dwelling without walls, having no bars or gate, to seize spoil to, and carry off plunder, to turn your hand against the waste places that are now inhabited. And the people who were gathered from the nations, who have acquired livestock and goods, who dwelled in the center of the earth, Sheba and Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish, and all of its leaders will say to you, Have you come to seize spoil? Have you assembled your host to carry off plunder, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to seize great spoil? Therefore, son of man, Prophesy, say to Gog, thus says the Lord God, On that day when my people Israel are dwelling securely, will you not know it? Will you come from your place out of the uttermost parts of the north, you and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses, a great host, a mighty army? You will come up against my people Israel like a cloud covering the land. In the later days I will bring you against my land that the nations may know me. When through you, O Gog, I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. Thus says the Lord God, Are you he whom I spoke in former days by my servants, the prophets of Israel, who in those days prophesied for years that I would bring you against them? But on that day, the day of Gog, shall come against the land of Israel, declares the Lord God. My wrath will be roused in anger, for in my jealousy and in my blazing Wrath, I declare, on that day there should be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. The fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and, and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep on the ground and all the people who are on the face of the earth shall quake at my presence. And the mountains shall be thrown down and the cliffs shall fall and every wall shall tumble to the ground. I will summon a sword against Gog on all my mountains, declares the Lord. Every man's sword will be against his brother. With pestilence and bloodshed, I will enter into judgment with them, and I will rain upon him and his hordes and the many peoples who are with him torrential rains and hailstones, fire and sulfur. So I will show my greatness and my holiness and make myself known in the eyes of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. All right, I want to stop here. There's a couple of things I want to point out. You know, is this the is this the battle that is going against Israel right now? If I'm if I'm saying it from my personal feeling, no. However, there are things that have happened recently. There are things that have happened over the past um, many years that we see in the scripture because it's talking about it in scripture that that God's people, Israel, the Jewish people, those are God's people. That it is not the church that He's talking about here. If you think it's the church. You need to prove it to me because I can't see that anywhere in Scripture. This is God's people. This is God's chosen people, Israel. All right, they were scattered. They had they had faced the Babylonians. They were scattered in the land, and they had dwelt in areas of safety and security. And of course, America was one of those. And over the past decades, there have been a regathering to the land of Israel. the The Jewish people have continually been migrating back into the land. And we see that even in these passages here when, when God's talking about, and all these all my peoples have been brought back into their land. Okay, so we see that. That is an interesting picture of the, the passage that is of time that has occurred and what pro, God's promises are, all right? This bringing his people back into the land. So the, the attack from the north, well, we haven't seen an attack from the north right now in Israel. We're seeing an attack from 
from Gaza of Hamas, and we're seeing some movement in the north, but not not too much at this point. Okay, so this is at the time that I'm um, that I'm talking about this. This is actually Wednesday evening. I'll push this out early on on Thursday morning. So <clears throat> Israel had been trampled uh, by her enemies, and and God will intervene in the future to ensure her safety. He will defend his people, and he will judge their enemies in distant countries. And we talked about that yesterday, and I mentioned that just a, a little while ago about, about Iran and, and um, about Russia being the territories that these countries that he lists in this passage um, are talking about. So I want to stop right there for today. We'll, we'll pick up a little bit more soon. But I do want to talk about you know, some viewpoints when we're talking about prophecy and that we're talking about, you know, is this something that's already happened, what we see in various passages in the Old Testament? Surely to goodness this stuff has already happened and it doesn't pertain today. And I would say, no, there's there's really a lot of this stuff is still yet to come. I was reading some material uh, from Charles Ryrie, uh, which I really find fascinating. And I, I'm going to kind of convey some of that information to you. Number one, not everybody agrees on prophecy, on how the Scripture outlines the future. And so in the end, there's been three basic viewpoints concerning the interpretation of prophecy. They're all related to God's covenants with the Jewish people, especially to the covenant made with Abraham. Abraham is the key to this, all right? So if we look at Genesis chapter 12, especially the first three verses, we see God's covenant that he made with Abraham. It was later confirmed, and it was amplified. We can see this in Genesis 13, Genesis 15, Genesis 17. Personal promises to Abraham uh, that was made to him that he would be specifically blessed in temporal and spiritual things. These were really fulfilled at that time, but they're also still yet to be fulfilled as well. Okay, let me explain. At that time... He acquired land. He acquired silver and gold. He acquired plenty of servants, cattle, very wealthy overall. Genesis 13, 17, um, and Genesis 24. He also enjoyed personal relationship, what we call communion with God. And he was called friend of God, which is very important here. So these predictions have already come true exactly as promised. But promises were also made in that covenant that Abraham's descendants, okay, who are they? Key here, Abraham's descendants, Israel. That's his descendants. For one thing, God promised to continue the covenant with Abraham's children. Genesis 17, making them a great nation, a innumerable nation, okay? But the most interesting part in the light of current events is that the promise to give Abraham's descendants, the Jews, a particular piece of land whose boundaries were clearly specified for an everlasting possession. In the covenant as well was a promise that concerned all people, namely those who blessed Abraham and his descendants would also be blessed, and those who cursed them would also be cursed. This principle operated during Abraham's lifetime, all right, during the experiences of the children of Israel. But it will also 
operate beyond that time, through now, through the tribulation period. If you look at Matthew 25, 40, you see a reference to that. There was also a promise that in Abraham, all the families on the earth would be blessed. I would say that that's been fulfilled already. How? Well, what comes through Abraham? What's, what's of that lintage, that seed of Abraham? Christ. The Jewish people also gave us God's word, the, the handheld document that we have, okay? Uh, from the Old Testament section, the law, the Torah, the, the prophets, and then we have through that era, through that region, we also have the New Testament writings, okay? So we have them to thank for that. That's a blessing to us, and that's what, that's what God is saying, that the people of the earth will be blessed through Israel. So there's really not much disagreement that many of the promises that's been made to Abraham in the covenant, the covenant's already been fulfilled. But the promise concerning the occupancy of the land has not been fulfilled. Not literally. Okay? So the boundaries were stating, stated as what? Being from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates, Genesis fifteen eighteen. So we have no discussion, no disagreement that the eastern boundary is the river Euphrates. But not everybody agrees what's meant by the re- river of Egypt. Some think it's the Nile. Others think it's um, an area not far from Gaza. In either case, Israel has not in all of her history, nor yet today, occupied the land to those boundaries. Okay? So, one of the major questions concerning the Abrahamic, uh, the Abraham covenant is whether the promises are conditioned on obedience or whether they're unconditional. And I think this is a very great question. Because a lot of times we see that in the past, Israel has had to deal with issues based on their obedience. But is that the case here? Is that the case because maybe Israel's been disobedient in the past and therefore the covenant no longer applies? Well, let's talk about that. If they were conditioned on the Jews' faithfulness, then we have to assume that all claims to that area that they're in and the other blessings included in the covenant were forfeited. For certainly the Jewish people have sinned, and they've sinned repeatedly. However, if the promises were conditioned on God's faithfulness, they must be fulfilled in spite of Israel's unfaithfulness. Okay, so the answer to the question I think is actually found in Genesis 15. Okay, the Lord solemnized the covenant in the recognized way by sacrificing animals, laying out the severed parts on the ground. Okay, and what typically would happen is two parties to the agreement would walk together between the parts of the sacrifice. That would solidify the covenant. But on this particular occasion, there was an exception. Instead of both God and Abraham walking between the pieces, what did God do? He put Abraham to sleep, and God walked through the pieces himself. So basically, the image here is that this covenant is dependent upon God's faithfulness. 
not Israel's. All right. Furthermore, if we look at Genesis 26 and 28, we see that the covenant was reaffirmed to Abraham's son, Isaac, and to Isaac's son, Jacob. And because it was reaffirmed to them, we don't see any conditions that were applied to them that they had to keep to be able to keep the covenant, to be able to keep the or be recipients of God's promise. Interesting, isn't it? It's also apparent that Abraham sinned during the years between the making of the covenant and its confirmation to Isaac. Therefore, we see if it's depended upon an individual's or a man's or a people's keeping without sin, then it would have been broken and never passed on to to the sons, you know, to Isaac and to Jacob. All right? So if it was viewed as conditioned on obedience, God would have had to have said the covenant is null and void because Abraham had been a disobedient. Now, throughout history, obedience was God's condition for possessing the land, even temporarily. And dispersion out of the land was the judgment for disobedience. However, the ultimate and full fulfillment will be brought by God and not man, and Israel will be converted and obedient under the reign of the Messiah. So I see that we see in the end, when we talk about the millennial reign, about the, the second coming of Christ, we see Israel in a definitely different plane. But what's interesting to me is the Ezekiel passage that talks about that the Jews will be brought back into their land. And we've seen that. We've seen that happening. We've seen that happening extensively. And now... We have the people that have risen up against Israel in the past. Historically, biblical times are essentially the same people that are rising up against them again. So as you watch the news, try to understand it's more than just a group of people. It's more than just the Jews that are trying to hold their land against Hamas or Hezbollah. It's a spiritual battle. It's God's chosen people in a land that was theirs, that was given to them, a land that centered around Jerusalem. And the evil that's in this world, and we have seen this on our screens, the evil that is in this world and the, the, the power of that evil trying to uproot God's people and take the land themselves. It's more than just a political side. It's more than just, uh, it's more than just two neighbors having a dispute. This is spiritual, folks. And so keep your eyes on, what hap- on what's happening because the players in the end times are moving. What's tomorrow going to hold? And through this, these actions, let me say at the end like I always say, think on these things. Be in the Word. 
start looking up prophecies. Start trying to understand. Keep in mind that when we are trying to interpret prophecy, all right, there are eight principles for interpretation of prophecy. We have to, number one, look at the customary use of the language. We can't look beyond that. How was the language used at that time? Uh, what did it mean to them? And we can't take it out of the context. Um, don't mess up a historical um, fact in trying to interpretate prophecy or a cultural fact. We have to take all that into consideration. Make sure that Christ is, is the center of every interpretation. Okay? Make sure that you keep it in context and interpret that by the analogy of faith. In other words, every interpretation must be in harmony with the uniform teaching of Scripture. It cannot counter Scripture. Scripture cannot counter itself. All right? It all must operate in harmony. Recognize the process of revelation. Revelation is a, is a process. So recognize the, not process, but progress of revelation. Recognize what's happening, how things align together, and how things are moving to that point. Grant one interpretation to each passage. Um, every passage has, has one interpretation, one meaning. All right? And grant one meaning to that passage, one interpretation to that passage. And choose the simplest alternative, you know. Um, choose the simplest alternative. That should give you enough to think about for a while. Glad you joined in today. Apparently this is interesting because I'm seeing the number of listeners even though this is not a two-minute devotion, even though I'm still pushing out the two-minute devotions, I may cancel those because I'm spending more time in, the, in the, prof, the prophetic part of Scripture right now, and I think that that may be interesting for you as well. Uh, again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for spending the time. I appreciate it, and I think we're watching uh, the players of the world uh, move, and then we're also heartbroken by the evil that we see. Keep in mind that Satan is the prince of evil, and um, put nothing, nothing past his potential of devastation and the grief that he can cause people. All right? Hopefully we'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm, I'm still just moving and progressing through the, through the Scripture as well as trying to keep an eye on news as well as working and eating and sleeping been doing a little bit less of the last lately. <laughs> All right, again, I won't I won't drag you anymore. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. God bless. Keep safe. Bye-bye.